What's going on, everybody? Tuesday, January 25th. Joe Ferfari here on the block. Uh, wanted to talk about the Toronto Raptors 125-113 win over the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, with the win, Raptors are ninth in the Eastern Conference um, in the play-in tournament. So if the playoffs ended today, Raptors are in the playoffs. Uh, Charlotte uh, drops to 26-22. and 22. Raptors uh, started this game as three and a half point favorites as it got closer to the tip. Uh, there was some word that Raptors would be missing Fred Van Vliet, which was huge. Um, and then after that, um, Scotty Barnes also out. Um, Scotty Barnes with a wrist injury and Fred Van Vliet with a little bit of knee soreness. I don't think it's really going to be anything serious. To be honest, the guy needed a day off. Um, Raptors got out to a crazy uh, first quarter, uh, dropping 39 points, um, went out 39-27. It was interesting at the beginning because although this game was never really in question, uh, Charlotte towards the end of the game in garbage time got some points. Bit of a scuffle in the first quarter. Champagne and PJ Washington went at it. were uh, throwing each other a couple dirty shots, tripping each other. Uh, both guys were ejected, which to be honest, I found surprising. But I think that was for the better because if the game would have went on, something would have escalated for sure. Uh, but getting back to the game, Raptors really didn't, you know, didn't have a point guard today. Not not a great one anyways, because obviously Fred was out. So they started the game with Precious, Gary, uh, OG, Pascal, and Boucher. So it was tough at the beginning because Pascal was, you know, the point guard uh, by definition, bringing the ball up and everything. But um, I made a, a, a video. I didn't actually want to post it because I don't want to feel like I'm coming down on Pascal or anything. It's just, just a fact. Pascal's known as a pretty solid ball handler for his position. Uh, power forward, you know, six foot nine, slender, um, but still can protect the rim. You know, get get by guys at his position on the dribble. And to be honest, if you're in open space, he's a pretty good you know ball handler. But in this game, if you if you watched it, what Charlotte did, and rightfully so, we do the same thing. They they double teamed him and they double teamed the ball handler. If it was not a traditional point guard, you know, like Malachi or even. Uh, Delano, who came in the game for a little bit, both guys were a bit banished uh, from the rotation. And, you know, that led to a lot of turnovers. I'm going to pull up Pascal's stats. Him himself had three. Um, a few were actually just him being stripped of the ball. He went to the ref and, and looked at the ref for a call, but, you know, they're just clean strips. Uh, at one point, he was dribbling over the ball in transition. Lamelo cut him off uh, towards the baseline, would have been Raptors' bench sideline. Uh, he was going right, spun, of course, um, to his left. And when he spun, someone was there waiting for him. I don't remember which which Charlotte guard was there. Picked his pocket. He laid on the ground, asked for a foul when when they called the timeout. But it just he's not he's not the kind of guy that you can bring up the ball and you know make a move to get past the guy that's actually a point guard. He's going to get stripped every time. Like what happened? Um, but that being said, he was incredible today. <laughs> One rebound shy of a triple double. Twenty four. Nine rebounds, 12 assists, and his energy on both sides of the floor, especially even on defense. Obviously, the offensive numbers were there. But on defense, I posted a clip too. The Raptors were really good playing defense today. Um, pull up the halftime score just to kind of do the math. But they gave up 51 points, and the Raptors scored uh, 76, which, to be honest, must be a, the highest output of, of, that they did this season at the half. Looks like some games, especially the first game of the season I went to, they were struggling to put up even 80 points especially without their best shooter in Fred and, um, you know, two of their best playmakers in, in both Fred and Scotty. But the team looked really good. Um, Charlotte obviously did not come prepared today. LaMelo ended, ended up finishing with 25-7. and seven. Uh, Miles Bridges, one of my favorite young players in the game, dropped 22. 
I was happy to see uh, James Booknight because he's a guy that I was very high on in the draft. And, you know, in limited minutes today, uh, well, 28 minutes, he ended up having 18 points. I think this guy, I don't want to use the word star, but I think he has a really bright future ahead of him. I think that he's going to just get better. And as a rookie, you know, he's already shown flashes of improvement. Four minutes in, uh, really what I want to do is I want to pull some receipts on people that wrote off Malachi Flynn earlier in the season. Now, granted, this is only one game. And, you know, it was a, it was a very good game for Malachi. In 25 minutes, he had 11 points. Um, it's not really the stats. If you watch the game, it was, you know, he knocked down shots. Uh, the ability to get by guys on the dribble. The the defense was there. And obviously, he's not a guy that you're going to put on a big player because he just doesn't have the size to do so. But, you know, on guys that are even, you know, I'd say 6'6 was kind of pushing it, but 6'6 and shorter, definitely on some of the shorter point guards, he's really going to do a good job staying in front of them, contesting every shot, being in the right position. And he's not a guy that gets beat off the dribble. He's just not. You can throw a scream at him and and try and get him to go around it, and even so, he's gonna do his best to hedge. But he's you know he's a plus defender at the position, like I said, for his size. But I was happy for him. Uh, Watanabe, I was talking with Superfan Mo a little bit, and we were just I posted just something else that I posted um, one of the Raptors Instagram pages, just saying that you know Utah was kind of unhappy with his role and everything, and. I would be too. But that being said, to me, Watanabe is a guy that is at best an average end of the rotation kind of guy. I'll pull up his stats, um, shooting 34% from three, uh, 38% from the field, average from three um, and, and much below average from the field. He hasn't had a great season. I know a lot of Raptors fans for for whatever reason, expected him to take some kind of leap. I know the Raptors gave him like a two-year guaranteed deal, probably a minimum. I just, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. He's a guy that if he's your 12th man, I think that's okay uh, for injury reasons. When you, there have been a few games where the Raptors were forced to play him uh, heavy minutes. I'll go back and look because it was heavy minutes. Uh, December 28th against Philly, 31 minutes. Uh, December 26th at Cleveland, 37 minutes. Now that game, he dropped 26 points. Um, but that was an anomaly. You look at all the other ones, 21 minutes, 27, 25, 17, 18, 17, uh, 10, 28 minutes. If he's playing more than I want to say around 15 minutes a game, even for this middling Raptors team, to me, it's a bit of an issue. Now, I know that the Raptors have been bitten by the injury bug like a lot of other teams. And knock on wood, they have not had too, from what I know, any really guys missing too much with protocols with COVID. But yeah, Utah, uh, anybody that thought he was taking the next level, like I said, I just didn't see it. Uh, Delano got a lot of shine, obviously, earlier in the season. And, you know, just his lack of shooting earlier uh, really sent him to the bench. And Nick Nurse, which, you know, I've had a bone to pick with him the whole, the, most of the season, especially more recently, just playing that really tight rotation. And that's probably why Fred is, you know, probably missed this game. Just he leads the league in minutes. And I love Fred. I've been Fred's biggest fan. If you listen to the pod, listen to the, the show. I've been singing his praises since when we had him and Delon. I always thought that he was kind of destined to be the next Kyle. Now everybody sees it. Uh, but regardless, uh, you don't want him playing that many minutes. Uh, there's just no need to. And especially with the way the league is these days, it's not like when I was growing up early to mid-2000s where guys like Iverson, Larry Hughes was among league leaders, uh, Vince, Paul Pierce. A lot of those guys are playing. They were averaging like 42 minutes a game. The game was a slower pace back then, a little bit more physical for sure, uh, but a slower pace. You weren't running up and down. Scores were high 90s, low 100s. 
And you haven't seen that. There's been an evolution of the game, really pushing the pace, and guys can't keep up with this minutes. You want to keep these guys healthy for the end of the season, not drag them out. And um, so Fred, like I said, right knee soreness. Ken Birch has been to a lot of games as well. And then Scotty, he's a younger guy, so you can play him sometime. But even as, as you know, a rookie, there's no need to play him 40 plus minutes a game when it's not necessary. And, you know, Gary missed, I want to say like six games with an ankle swelling. OG's missed a ton of time with that hip flexor injury. And um, like I said, just keep the minutes. If you could keep the minutes around 35 a game, I think that's fine. You don't want to get to the point where you're having to play these guys like Tom Thibodeau does all the time, which is great on paper. You want to be in all these games, but you don't want to be in these games uh, with, I guess, injuries down the road just from playing heavy minutes. Anybody that's played sports, once you get to a certain age, and that age is even probably like mid to late 20s, if you play an entire game and you're actually trying on both sides of the floor, injuries typically happen towards the end of the game. And there's no need for that because the Raptors really don't have the depth, especially with guys like Dragic kind of not being on the team and just not a lot of, quote, NBA bodies on this roster. That being said, um, like I said, I had the Raptors finishing. I keep saying this. I had the Raptors finishing anywhere between six and eight. And I think that that's still probably going to happen as long as the, you know their core players stay healthy. Looking at their schedule coming up, uh, on a back-to-back, tomorrow they're going to Chicago um, at the Heat, which is always a tough place to play. Um, then traveling to Atlanta, which you know is finally turning it around. Them and the Knicks, I had, we did our preseason show, I had both those teams regressing. I, th- I believe we want to still have them in the playoffs, but more towards the play-in tournament. I thought last year was an anomaly. It looks like I was correct. Uh, Heat, Bulls, Hawks, so a lot of games against the Heat and the Hawks. Hornets, Thunder, Rockets, Nuggets, Pelicans. It's not the toughest of schedules. Um, And at this point of the season, around the midway point, these are the games you really want to bank on for later in the season when you're playing teams like the Nets, when you're going to have Durant back. Um, Going against teams like the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers, Lakers again, 76ers. I'm looking toward the end of March right now. Bit of a tougher schedule. These are games you want to win. Um, That's going to wrap it up for the Raptors. I just want to, you know, take a look around the association today. A lot of strange things happened today. So, uh, Boston Celtics end up winning by 53 points, which this Celtics team should not beat anybody by 53 points. Um, but they just toyed with uh, with Sacramento today. Just you know, a terrible, terrible <laughs> display of basketball there. Uh, the, the Lakers get AD back, and LeBron goes off for 33. Harden also with 33, and, and the Lakers win there by 10. I'm going to pull up AD stats. I saw some highlights. It looked pretty good. Um Anthony Davis ended up starting uh, 24 minutes, 8 points, 4 rebounds, 4 blocks. That's really what they missed the most. Their defense is probably the worst in basketball. Maybe there's some teams that are near, near the bottom in general, but definitely one of the worst teams in the playoff picture in, uh, defensively. So having AD there, blocked 4 shots, probably altered another 10. Doing a good job. Malik Monk, another massive game with 22. Um, I want to get to James Harden a bit. So there's this quote after the game. Um, his quote was, I want to win. And apparently he's unhappy. The Nets are in third place in the East, uh, sitting at 29 and 18. He's kind of talking as if, you know, this team is nowhere in the playoff picture. The only teams ahead of them, Miami Heat, 30 and 17, Chicago Bulls, who are kind of reeling 29 and 17. And then behind them are the Bucks. Um, after that, you have Cleveland, who I assume at some point kind of has to come back to the earth, especially with all these injuries they're having at 29 and 19, and the 76ers. Uh, who should be even, I thought they were going to be even better with Bell, Ben Simmons, but that 29, sorry, 28 and 19, 
just two games back of first place. Uh, so when you look at Miami at 30 wins in first, and then you look at the 76ers with 28, first to six is only a two-game gap. It's very tight. To me, those are the top six teams. After that, you got Charlotte, Boston, Toronto, uh, Washington, New York, Atlanta, and after that, it's a steep drop-off um, with the Pacers, who have 17 wins, 17 and 31. Did not expect that this year. Miles Turner, he's just counting down the days till he's going to get traded. Another thing today, uh, the Clippers have the second largest comeback in NBA history. Um, they ended up winning 116 to 115. Uh, Luke Kennard dropped seven in the final nine seconds. Uh, they were down 35 points. 35 points. They come back and win this game. Kennard hit a 32-foot out of a timeout. Um, there was a five-second violation on Washington. He nailed another three. Uh, Bradley Beal fouled him. And uh, Amir Coffey, the, the Clippers got to give them credit. They're not drafting superstars, but the guys that they are drafting, Amir Coffey, a career high 29. The Clippers are depleted. Uh, Paul George might opt for surgery for his torn UCL in his elbow, might be out for the year, which is terrible news because the way this team looked with Paul George in the lineup, you would have thought that by the time Kawhi, I assume he's coming back, usually when you tear your ACL 9 to 12 months, the longest it would take is 12. And even with Kawhi, that's kind of babying it with his injury history, he's going to come back if, if you know, everything was going to happen as it was should have uh, around late March, early April, play maybe two to three weeks, uh, get ready for the playoffs and come back really fully rested because obviously the toll isn't there on the body from playing a full season. But now if Paul George kind of opts for surgery on his elbow, he's going to be over the season. Raptors, right, uh, sorry, Clippers right now, 24 and 25 in the playoff picture, ninth in the Western Conference. And it's interesting to see really what they're going to do at the deadline because they have some contract that they might want to move as well. Just guys like maybe Bledsoe and Ibaka. Ibaka hasn't been a shell of himself since he's come back from that back injury. Not the signing they thought they were getting with Ibaka when he came inside from the Raptors. Um, but yeah, today, Terrence Mann, 16, had a, some big plays that I saw. Reggie Jackson uh, didn't have that big of a game. They, they went young. With guys like Boston, Scrub, Hartenstein, uh, Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey. Those guys all were in double figures. And even Justice Winslow made an appearance with 23 minutes. But yeah, Clippers, interested to see what they're going to do for the rest of the season. Um, big injury. I was watching Tim Hardaway went down with uh, Dallas Mavericks. Non-contact injury, to be honest. I was even really wondering what happened when I saw it. Typically, I can kind of tell what happens because I've had every injury in the book. But I'm not sure. It looked like he was holding his shin. Um, might be a fracture. I don't think it was anything like a knee injury because he was holding his shin, but you know, praying for him to come back quick because a big fan of his game. Uh, Dallas currently down 78 to 60 to the Warriors. It was a tight game when he left the game. Um, yeah, other than that, just kind of going to wrap up. Wanted to do a little touch point there. Going to have Igor uh, come through to the studio on the weekend. Going to do pretty much we're going to go through is what's happened so far in the season. Obviously, we've done a lot of NFL this year. Got back into it, um, but Igor is going to come back. Uh, hoping to have Lamar closer towards the playoffs. Um, he's He's been away from the podcast uh, for personal reasons. Um, so we're hoping to have him back for the playoff uh, preview. But um, yeah, going to get together with Igor and, and just discuss really what's happened in the season. Discuss LeBron and the Lakers, you know, the trials and tribulations that they've gone through. Of course, talk about the Raptors and um, get into some MVP talk and uh, some disappointing teams and some surprising teams. That's going to do it for tonight. Um, like I said, Tuesday, January the 25th, 2022. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good night, and we'll chat with you on the weekend.